0: If you have your Bible, go to Ephesians 6 tonight, Ephesians 6, and uh, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I won't be super long, and somebody joked before service, which actually was my wife, and she said, every time you say that, it ends up being long, and every time you don't say that, it's not. So here's to keeping things uh, encapsulated in something very simple tonight. I actually began yesterday going in really a whole different direction completely different direction than what I ended up in uh, today this morning with really feeling something on my heart as a communicator and somebody who does this obviously two to three times a week for a number of years um, you, you find yourself circling back kind of to some subjects that you've done before necessarily but I find myself in a number of years growing in my understanding of something I had taught years ago and really wanting to hit that again. And I'll just be upfront and completely plain with you. I'm teaching tonight on the topic of spiritual warfare because I am finding a lot of our people are in the midst of heavy spiritual warfare right now. I don't mean just kind of the devil's. And you guys know my philosophy. I shared it Sunday, but I'll share it again. Um, I don't think you need to wreck on either side of the road when it comes to spiritual warfare in that. Not everything that you're dealing with is a devil. It's not. Sometimes we just go through life and things happen, and you don't need to tag any certain spiritual significance to that event other than it's just a course of living in a fallen world and through the course of just having everyday life. Um, I'm somebody that keeps it very cold in my house in the winter. If I walk out my wife's too cold, I don't rebuke the devil. I turn the thermostat up. Come on. It's just you just you fix the problems you can fix because they have very natural, you know, natural means to them. But there are times and seasons where we find ourselves really, truly in the midst of a battle. And tonight, if you're not in one, I can assure you at some time you will be in one. And I want you to be prepared for that. Amen. I want you to have a preparation level in, in Ephesians six. And I just have three just main points tonight, but I believe they'll really help you. I I believe that they will. But here in Ephesians, the scripture we're getting ready to read. Um, The city of Ephesus was very interesting in that it was a very pagan culture that had a lot of deeply ingrained witchcraft there in that city. And when Paul went into the city, um, historically, we know that he saw some of the greatest, more probably one of the greatest moves of God that we find in the Bible. If you don't study the history of the move of God there in the, the city of Ephesus, you kind of read past some of the things that Paul points out in Ephesus without the understanding that when Paul went into Ephesus, he was dealing with a lot of spiritual warfare. He was dealing with a lot of ingrained things in people's hearts and minds, and then culturally that here's what he did. He had to pray And do spiritual warfare and then, but I'll I'll tell you this, anytime that you see God move in a significant way all through the book of Acts, you see the enemy will counterattack. Anytime, and Ephesus is a great example of that, and it says in another book, and Paul relates to, of talking about wrestling the beasts of Ephesus, he's alluding to spiritually. He's alluding to a spiritual wrestling, a spiritual wrestling match with the enemy. And there's some things I want to point out in regards to spiritual warfare that I really think will help you tonight. Are you in Ephesians 6? I say amen. We're going to go down to verse 10. You know the scripture. You know it very well. You've heard it many, many, many times. But this was on my heart. And I want to spend some time, and Lapita, if you could be ready, just to come up and just play behind me. I want to spend some time, and if you came here tonight, and like, boy, it's Wednesday night. We're going to do spiritual warfare. Listen, I just want to cover this church in this season that we're in because, again, there's a lot of things the enemy's up to right now. And I believe that the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus and our prayer corporately as a church can break what the enemy's doing. Do you believe that tonight? I believe it with all my heart. He says this in Ephesians 6, verse 10 A final word be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Father, for these next few minutes, as you've laid this on my heart tonight to teach, I just pray you would be here with us, God. I pray that you would give what is beyond mere words and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you God we do not exalt and lift up anything the enemy does but tonight we lift up the fact that we are victorious in Christ Jesus God every battle has a solution Lord we know that tonight and that is the name of Jesus that is the worship that we give you because God in all things we are more than conquerors in you and through you, God, tonight. We love you for it. Help me tonight. Minister your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So you're engaged in a battle. Say there is a battle. And I alluded to this and talked a little bit about it on, on Sunday. But I wanted to come back and just give you some more main points tonight of the fact that you are in a battle. And number one tonight, is, and it's so important, as this, if you're taking notes. Your battle is spiritual your battle is spiritual. And the reason it's spiritual is the battle you find yourself in at times as a believer where there is genuine attack of the enemy, there is something he's trying to to come at you uh, against you with. The reason it's spiritual is because it is ultimately a battle against God. It's a battle against God because and I alluded to it Sunday but let me go a little bit deeper. We know that God in heaven created very powerful spiritual beings called angels, right? And by creating them, they're very powerful. One in particular was very beautiful, and his name was Lucifer, right? And we see taught to us in scripture that, and in Revelation, it it alludes to this too, that there was a battle in heaven, and Michael and his archangels fought against the dragon and his angels, and they were kicked out of heaven. So... I imagine that the enemy, the devil, Lucifer, and the angels that decided to go along with him in this rebellion against God. And the rebellion against God was simply Lucifer basically was found with pride. It's clear in Scripture, painted out for us, that he said, I will ascend to the throne of God. I will set myself up to be worshipped. I will take that place. And we see that painted out in Scripture. But my point is simply this. It's a spiritual battle because I imagine, and we know from, it says the devil's come down because he knows his time is short and he has great wrath. He's not happy about getting kicked out of heaven. And he does not like, when God created man and he looked and he said, "What it is good. He said, I've got to mess this up. It wasn't as much so much about us in this room. It was about God in his hatred towards God. Are you following me? My point is simple, but it's important to understand your your battle is spiritual. And as we go deeper into this to understand that we look and the Bible's very clear, we think people are the problem. We think people are the problem. It's not. The enemy is the problem that is using people to further his will and to sometimes even come against us. The the, the people are not the problem. It's the fact that we are caught in the crossfire Of a spiritual war. We're in the middle. And I said it Sunday and I'll say it again. The best way you can get back at somebody else. Is by getting at the ones that they love. Right? You guys have families. You guys have kids. And and I'm telling you this is a spiritual principle that you can understand. When you're walking in obedience to God. And you're going after him. And you're praying. And you're really, really focused on him. If he can't get at you. He will try to find your soft underbelly. And sometimes it's your kids, does it mean that he necessarily of course he wants to take your kids out? I promise you that, but is that is that necessarily his his purpose? His purpose is to get at you. His purpose is to find some area that he can come in and try to attack. So the first principle tonight is this: it is a spiritual battle that is being waged all around us all the time. revelation twelve seven and eight new living translation says. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. So this isn't just about you. It's about the fact that there is a war going on, and the war isn't just about you. It's a war against God. Are you following me? Um, another point to realize, and this is so important, spiritual warfare is never a single battle. It's a campaign, right? Right? It is literally a campaign. How many have found that you fought and won one battle and you stood where God told you to stand only to find yourself in another battle down the road? I'm just painting you a picture of reality as life as a Christian because we invite people to be Christians and we don't really give them the truth that you better be ready to fight and and armored up in God's armor because I'm telling you, the devil's not just going to let you go la da into following God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. He's not just going to allow you to do it. He is going to try to spiritually pull you back into the place that you came from, right? And there is battles and there's other battles, and I'll get to the good news in a minute. I don't want to just bum you out tonight. But at the same time, it, but listen to me. It's amazing to me how a lot of Christians don't realize they're in a spiritual war. They don't realize they're in the midst of a spiritual battle. So that affects the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we allow into our lives. And if you understand that, in other words, you you don't know that you need to fight unless you know somebody's shooting at you. And most of you don't know where the shots are coming from. So me as a pastor and counseling with people over the last two weeks, that they're in the midst of a heavy-duty, true spiritual warfare, true things going on that are literally pushing them to the point of breaking, I want to tell them to step back and understand there is an enemy that you have. There is an enemy that will try to come against you, whether it try to bring sickness upon you, whether it try to bring financial loss upon you, try to bring these things, try to get your kids tempted to do things. Can I tell you, there is true spiritual battle, but I have good news for you in this, and this is important, the battle has already been won. The battle has already been won by Jesus Christ. He said in Luke, he said this, he said, and they came back rejoicing because, hey, even the enemy is subject to us in your name. And Jesus is like, hey, I saw that joker fall like lightning from heaven. I don't know how fast you need to get kicked out of heaven, but when you fall like lightning, that's pretty fast, isn't it? We think of this big war. I just want to tell you something tonight. It's so important to understand when you are engaged, the enemy engages you in some type of spiritual warfare going on in your life. It's important to remember that the battle has already been won. The devil does nothing but try to convince the people of God that it's a, that it's a real battle. Can I tell you tonight? It's not. It's a rigged fight in your favor. Because it is already, why is that so important? Because if he can convince you that you've lost before you ever start fighting, you're never going to win any fights against him. You're really not. How do I know that? I, I said Sunday, and this is the the truth. I love history, but I especially love like World War II history. And I remember reading about the battle at Dunkirk when the Germans had pushed the British Army all the way out, and they were evacuating and trying to get across the English Channel back to England. And what the enemy would do, they quit fighting them with with bullets and bombs, and they started dropping leaflets on the town that they were in. What were they telling them? The battle has already been lost. Can I tell you, that is what the devil does to most Christians, is convinces you in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the fiery furnace, in the midst of the thing you're going through, that, hey, it's no use in standing up against. And Paul said clearly in Ephesians to take a stand against everything that the enemy would try to come at you with. But you got to know the battle has already been won. The battle has already. Isn't it interesting that his name was Lucifer in heaven, but now we call him what? Satan. You You know what Satan literally means? This is where I was heading before I took a detour. Satan just means the accuser. So his name is literally the Satan, the accuser. And in the battle that you're facing, and whether you think daily when you wake up, man, I just don't think I can make it another day without a drink. Don't think I can make it another day without doing something that God has delivered me from. The battle is right here in your mind. Because he's constantly accusing you and making you think in your mind, no, I can't win this battle. But can I tell you, the battle has already been rigged in your favor because Jesus has already overcome the enemy on the cross. And you are in Christ tonight. So the battle's in your favor. So God will never be defeated. Amen? So Satan, is, is uh, his objective is to strike at two things. Listen to me. He strikes at God's purposes and he strikes at God's children. If God can never be defeated, we're in a war. We have an enemy by virtue of his his disdain for God and the fact that he wasn't able to rise to the level of God and be worshipped. That's what he was after was to be worshiped and is kicked down and now he can run amuck on earth, so to speak. Then as we look at this, those are the two attacks that he has. Those two attacks are the things that the enemy tries to bring. So listen close. What is the purpose of God? Jesus said this upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is God's purpose? God's purpose is to, to build his church on earth and us be an instrument of his authority and his love and his righteousness, his light, his salt, all the things that Jesus told us throughout Scripture that He was planting and making His church to be. So my simple my point is simple. Anytime you see the church begin to advance, the enemy is going to come against it. Do not be surprised at this. Do not be taken aback by this. Do not do not be alarmed when the enemy counterattacks, because his 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 thing is called a gate. Gates are defensive weapons, right? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. If you don't want to get attacked by the enemy, <laughs> I got I got a I got something you can do. Just don't get involved in anything God's involved in. <laughs> and you know that's not what I'm telling you tonight. I'm saying that by way of if you're a sold-out Christian, you want to be involved in everything God's in. But my point is simple, very simple. Listen to me so close as your pastor. Please listen to me for the next couple of minutes. I'm amazed, thoroughly amazed at the amount of people. I remember a conversation I had not that long ago. And this person was, was, you know, because people see their need for God. People see their need to submit their lives to him. We've seen so many people in this church just over the last few months just really, truly surrender to him, maybe for the first time in their life or first time in a very long time. But it's always amazing to me that they don't realize that the enemy is not going to just let that. He's not going to let you go on your merry way. And listen to me real close, because this is what they told me. They said, Pastor, I just wasn't ready for the attacks against my mind and the, and you know and that can i tell you tonight that's really where the battlefield is in a lot of this we all struggle with that that's why he in ephesians he called them fiery darts of the enemy it's fiery darts that he's shooting at us it's little thoughts and can i tell you if you understand you're in a battle then the thoughts that come into your mind need to be evaluated by what by the word of god and the obedience of Christ is taking every thought captive. A lot of us just let those thoughts continually go through our mind until you're living out something that isn't God. And that is really where the fight generates and a lot of the fight happens. But just to point out, that really is normal Christian life because let me steal a, uh, I didn't ask him if I could do this. Let me steal, you, steal an analogy that somebody gave me here recently. And I'll, I'll give him credit for it. I'll tell him I used it. He said this, and it was so good. I said, man, that is good. That is really good. He said, man, in a way, with everything I'm going through right now, it kind of excites me because I know the devil doesn't fight somebody that's sitting on the sidelines. And he he used a football analogy, which was right up my alley. And this person coached sports and things like that. And he said, you know, we know as a coach, the, the other team isn't concerned about somebody sitting on the sidelines with their feet propped up. He's not concerned about somebody who's never going to enter. My point is simple, but think of it in these terms. When you enter into f- completely following Christ, so you've now put yourself in the crosshairs of the enemy, I'm amazed at people who were not prepared for that. And you may, you, you may be sitting here tonight and be like, man, the devil just leaves me alone. then there's something wrong. I mean that. Because when you are pressing in, I'm telling you now, but listen to me, when you're pressing in, the enemy will counter. But my point is so simple, yet so powerful. Your battle is spiritual, but the battle has already been won. It's already been won. You need to stand firm on God's word. You need to stand firm on his will. You need to stand firm in who he said you were and who he's calling you to be. Because when you begin to press into the purposes of God, I'm telling you, so many people are shocked and surprised of when the enemy just starts to push back. Starts to give you some fiery darts. He starts to come in and mess with areas of your family or areas of your business or areas of your life in general. I just wanna to, came to tell you tonight that number one. The battle is spiritual, but the battle is won. Everybody say, I'm a winner. winner. Number two is, is this. The enemy is strategic. He's very strategic in his attack. Here's a few things that the devil uses to come against us. And we all know these, but they bear repeating. Number one, the devil will use people. And don't leave here today and say anybody disagrees with you is being used by it. you. Understand? Don't don't do that because that is not what I'm saying, and that's not the truth of God's word. But you see, all through Scripture, you see Paul go into a town, and at the Book of Acts records many instances where there were people who were trying to get the Spirit of God for for financial gain, or just you take another instance. I believe it was in Philippi. You know they're preaching the gospel and they're walking along, and there was a fortune teller, a young lady who was used by the people in the town to make money off of her because she had a spirit of divination on her. Paul finally got so fed up with it that he just turned around and rebuked the. Listen to me, the spirit, and she was delivered from that. But there are very real instances. You look at Bar Jesus, the fortune teller. Paul gets sent on a missionary journey, and he goes to this island and he goes before the governor of the island. And this this bar Jesus is saying, don't listen to him, don't listen to him. And Paul, filled with God and spiritual authority, said, hey, let let blindness come on (laughs) him. And it happened in that instance. My point is simply this, that you see through Scripture that people can be used by the enemy. And I want to tell you this, and I've already said it, but I'll say it again. The people are not the problem. What if I told you tonight? What if I told you, and you left with just this one thing when it concerning spiritual warfare, 90% of your problems with people can be solved through prayer. 90% of your problems with people in your life that, yes, very well may be used by the enemy to come against you can be solved through prayer. Why is that? Because it's the spirit behind what's going on. And people are not the problem. Number two, he assaults your mind. We already talked about this, but he will assault your mind. That's called fiery darts of the enemy. And our minds are the greatest battlefield that we face, the greatest battlefield. So if the enemy can get in between your ears with thoughts that he's putting in there, he can begin to control things in your life. And that's spiritual warfare. That's a level of spiritual warfare, again, where we take thoughts captive. He'll attack your heart. Amen. Say so how, wait, how's he attack our heart? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues, outflow of life. In other words, the very center of you is your heart. What gets into our heart? I'll tell you what gets into our heart. Unforgiveness? Bitterness? Offense. If you're guarding your heart and you understand that the, the enemy is going to come and try to sow those things, then you're on, what are you? You're vigilant. You're looking out for those things. You understand. It's called bait, right? It is. When you look at it that way and you say, devil, I'm not taking that bait. I'm not jumping on that right there because he is trying to sow something. We don't look at those things as spiritual warfare, but I guarantee you that they absolutely are spiritual warfare. He'll attack your mind. He'll use people. He uh, comes against us. He'll attack your heart. Here's a good one, and I've talked a lot about this lately. He'll try to assault your focus. When you're really focused on God and his kingdom, on building his kingdom, he cannot stand when you're focused on the kingdom because if you put the kingdom first, everything else is added unto you. Everything else in your life falls into line by you aligning yourself with the kingdom of God. And can I tell you this? He assaults our focus because, listen, and this is is where I am and why I'm sharing this tonight. God gets no glory by you having a dysfunctional family. God gets no glory by putting sickness in your family or in your life. Are you listening to me tonight? God gets no glory for that because it distracts you from being completely, totally focused and sold out on his kingdom. So those are real attacks of the enemy that he tries to bring into our lives. Paul said this, we are not ignorant of the devil's schemes. But oftentimes, church, I think we are ignorant. Of his schemes. I think we are ignorant of the things that he tries to do. And I wonder this I wonder how often we fight spiritual battles in the natural. And I just want to tell you tonight you can't win there. You cannot fight spiritual battles in a natural way. Spiritual battles have to be won in the spirit. They have to be won there; they have to be fought there it's again it 's a spiritual battle it 's a very real battle, and it 's one that we all face so if it 's a spiritual battle, what has God told us about what we have to fight that battle? Number one, our weapons it says are mighty in god second corinthians ten two three through four and this is the new living translation. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Again, I want to read this in the New Living Translation. Listen to this. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. What is he talking about there? He's literally talking about there is a season of, of spiritual warfare. There is a season of you identify and you say, I know this isn't just something that happened. This is the enemy through a person or in my mind or some other way, trying to get something bitterness or offense or something else into my heart. I know it's him. So you identify that. And he says this, then after the battle, that's good news. That's good news. After the battle, everybody thinks you're going to be in a battle for all time, all the time. If you're constantly in a state of spiritual warfare, you're probably gone off somewhere because God has victory for the situation that you're facing. He has an answer for whatever it is that you're going through. And if a person's coming against you, listen to me. God will get a hold of that person, I promise, through prayer. We often look at it and say, God, I'm just, just take them out. No, God wants to save those people. He wants to touch those people. He wants us through our proper attitude, understanding it's not them, it's the, the spirit behind it, of continuing to show them love, continuing to show them God's grace and mercy. And that's as much spiritual warfare as anything else. But he says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. The good news isn't just you're saved and on your way to heaven. The good news tonight is that He won a victory at the cross over everything that you'll fight in your entire life. And that is the truth tonight. That's good news. We, we fail to understand what they're even talking about with the gospel, the good news. It wasn't a new term in that day. It, when somebody won a big, great victory in a war, they would send a runner out ahead of the army to go back into the town, and they would be the gospel runner. They would be the good news announcer to announce, what was the announcement? You're bound. You're not bound anymore. You're in fear. You don't have to be in fear anymore. You're fighting a battle of enemies that you thought were going to come in and take away everything that you have. Listen. Listen, our king won a victory and you don't have to live that way anymore. That's the good news of God's gospel and his kingdom. You're saved. Amen. And that means from everything the enemy would try to bring against you. But it doesn't mean he's not going to come against you. Are you hearing me? It doesn't mean it's, he's not going to try. It doesn't mean he's not going to shoot a fiery dart. It doesn't mean that he's not going to concoct some scheme and some kind of trap to try to get us in a trap. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. Everybody say shield of faith. Your shield of faith, it says, can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. That is so important that when you you have those thoughts, the shield just means boom. And and in that day, you guys know this, most of you, those things were like as big as a door. Big. Listen, you want to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, grow your faith. just means when 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 those arrows come, man, they're thunk, thunk, thunk. Here's what happens. One of them gets through and into your mind one time and you drop your shield. Well, I just guess everything's just going, you know. Pick that thing back up. I promise you, he doesn't shoot, he doesn't quit shooting the darts. He doesn't. We quit operating in faith. I'll say it again. I was not planning on saying that. He doesn't quit shooting the darts. You get a little reprieve, and you think, oh, everything's going good. Listen. He's just stringing back even even further at some point. He's lighting two arrows. I guarantee it. He doesn't stop because on this side of heaven, we've listen, the peace that Jesus promised is internal and it's eternal. It doesn't mean that everything has to be going perfectly around you. Are you hearing me? It doesn't mean that. It means that what God wants to give you peace is right here inside. And I got good news for you. He's going to come and set everything straight in this world, and you will live at peace, in peace with him for eternity. So we are learning here how to fight the enemy that is an enemy of your soul. Put the shield up. If you haven't heard anything else, y'all, I'm telling you as your pastor, I'm telling you right now as your pastor, if you are at this church, if you're visiting, don't listen to me if you don't want to. But if you're the pastor of this church, I'm telling you, put your shield up right now because I'm tired of y'all getting taken out by things going on around you because you are. You're getting – listen, this church, believe it or not, whether you think it or not, we're moving forward. We're going to take new ground in 2022. We're seeing it. I had somebody come up to me uh, Sunday, and it was legit. I just listened to the whole story. I'm like, "My, my goodness, that's what we've been praying for for five years. She she had an experience with God in Wendy's and didn't know how to, I, I don't know what to do with this, God. The Holy Spirit came on me and came in me, in Wendy's. And I'm just like, my God. Because, yeah, he doesn't fall in Wendy's. He falls in Chick-fil-A. Thank you. We all know that. It couldn't have been Wendy's. Couldn't have been. That's why I said that. I said I rebuke. You no, know, I didn't say that. My point is, when, when, when we let God loose out of this church like he is, and we pray that God, we don't care if you follow on him here, if you follow him in Walmart, listen to me. We and other churches become in his crosshairs. I'm telling you right now, and, and he's, he's, this isn't a fear message. This is a faith message and a, a pastoral teaching message of saying this, church, get your sword out. And church, get your shield up. This is not the time and this is not the season to be playing games because the enemy is very clear when it, the, the Bible tells us he's seeking whom he may devour. And we all know the, the, the principle in the natural is the same principle in the spiritual. He looks for the weak, just like you see a lion stalking a, a you know, big pod of gazelles or something. It's the one that's distracted. You want me? Anybody else watch National Geographic? Am I the only history channel nerd and National Geographic nerd in this house? That's me. And you're just like, that dude comes on with the English accent? I'm not even going to try to do it, y'all. Just not even going to try to do it. What is that, Lord Attenborough or something like that? I mean, we've all heard it a million times. And he starts into the thing, and he's like, you want me to do it? Yeah. i trying to think of how I do Now you guys got me nervous about doing it. I just, but they're, they're there. Yeah, it's my shield of faith. They're there and they're separated and they're focused. They're not focused on the danger around them. Listen, the danger is around you spiritually because if you're a sold out Christian, he wants to take you out. It's not fear. Here, here's what it says over and over again in Ephesians. And because it was such a, an incredible move of God and, and, and listen, this was the place where they laid handkerchiefs on people's bodies and they were healed just because, I mean, Paul would build tents and he'd tie a bandana around his head and work and he'd sweat and he'd put the handkerchief down and there was so much faith and the Holy Spirit was so strong in that city. They'd pick it up and go lay it on somebody that couldn't walk and they'd get up and walk. It is amazing, but listen to me. The key that's over and over again in in Scripture is this. Everybody say, in Christ. Christ. You're not fighting the enemy in yourself, because if you are, you're going to get torn up and spit out and chewed. And and I've been there. I've been there. Bless God, I'm going to get the devil. I don't do that. (laughs) If God created him as one of the top worshiping angels in heaven, it means he's incredibly powerful. That's not meant to intimidate you. It's meant to show you how much more powerful our God is. And when you put yourself in him through obedience, when you put yourself in him through following him, when you stay close to him in intimacy, what are you? You are now in Christ. So when you're coming against the enemy, that's the authority that you have. It's not in yourself. The authority comes by being in him. It's kind of like Tony Stark in Iron Man. I love that. Tony Stark could get beat up by anybody coming and going, but he puts on his Iron Man suit, and the power is inside here, and he can take on anybody because of what he has on. When you're in Christ and you're walking in his character, then the, when the enemy comes, listen to me tonight, you can you can tell him to go. And he's, he has to flee because you are backed by heaven you are backed by him, the victory is already won. The battle is spiritual. I got to convince half of you you're even in a battle. That's not trying to talk you into anything. I'm just telling you that if if you're not, at some point you will be in one, and you need to know how to fight through that because your pastor's not going to be right beside you all the time. Are you listening to me? If we could be a church that learns how to fight spiritual battles, we will see great spiritual victories. But we had to learn. We had to learn what our weapons are. We have to learn who we're in. We have to learn these principles in our life of just simply being in him. Let me wrap up here tonight. Everybody say in Christ. Another thing is you are equipped for endurance. What did Paul say? He said, having done all to stand, just stand your ground. Just stand on his word, stand on his character, stand on who he is. You are equipped to endure, but can I say this too? You're also equipped for offense. You ever get tired of playing defense against the devil? I do. I, I get tired of that. You're equipped for offense. Here's what I here here's what I wrote down today, and I want you to take this and, and just hold it in your heart. Prayer is not your last line of defense. It's your first weapon of offense. Prayer, we treat prayer as everything else is going wrong and the devil has already taken everything away from me, so then I cry out to God. Can I flip that script for you just a little bit? You have been given weapons of offense to keep the devil completely at bay almost all the time in your life. Amen? How many Christians spend so much time worrying about the next attack of the enemy, and I hope he doesn't do this, and I hope he doesn't do that, can I tell you, you need to focus a little bit on offense. You need to focus a little bit on not only withstanding the attack, attack but understanding you're in Christ. And here's the first thing that he gave us, and I'll end with these couple things. He gave, you, he gave you the word of God, which he says is the sword of the Spirit. Get the word of God so deep down in your heart. It's so ingrained in you that the natural inclination is to just continually speak the word over a situation. If you've got something going on, the enemy's taking something from you, get you some scriptures. I do this all the time. Get you some scriptures and keep them right there. I love when I was at home, you know, my my mother-in-law's dealing with a lot of physical things right now. And I kind of, I didn't laugh at this in a a mean way. I laughed at it in a celebratory way and even talked to her about it. Everywhere I'd go in her house above the thermostat. Scripture. She'd write it out and she'd tape it above the thermostat and I'd go in the kitchen and above where she washes dishes. Scripture. What is she doing? God, the Holy Spirit, has given her scriptures to continually, all throughout her day, proclaim over her life. Why does she understand that as somebody has been walking with the Lord for 70 years or more of her life? She understands there's power in the Word of God. There's power in it. He says, "Take up the sword of the spirit." And then he goes on to say, "Listen to me. Pray in the spirit." That is such that is such a a left on the side element of our spiritual lives and coming in against the enemy with spiritual attack is just praying in the spirit because you don't know how to pray sometimes, right? So we can pray in the spirit. Listen, let the, let the beast out a little bit, y'all. Come on, I'm serious. Some of you just need to get the Spirit going in your life, the Word of God coming out of your mouth, the Spirit of God beginning to stir in each of your hearts, and let that thing out sometimes. Let, 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 let the Holy Spirit guide you. Why? Because He knows exactly where the enemy's at. He knows where he's operating. And a lot of times, I'll just allow the Holy Spirit to lead me into just a time of prayer with my spirit man. Amen? Lupita, if you could begin to play. Everybody stand up tonight. So we have offensive weapons. And here's the thing I want to end with, and this is where we're going to end here for just a minute. The most powerful, I believe this with all my heart, and I know many of you do too, but just listen to me for just a second. And this is the the reason I feel like it is so powerful. The enemy. Ultimately, I think for anybody in here, what the Genesis and the ultimate end of spiritual attack, whatever it is, he's attacking your finances. He's attacking your health. He's attacking your kids. He's attacking your job, whatever it is, or, you know, and have identified this isn't just normal life. I just, you know, my boss is mean and he's always going to be mean. That's probably just a reality it has nothing to do with the devil. It's just reality. But there are things that the Holy Spirit will come and give you an unction and give you a knowing in your knower. There's something spiritual about this. Ultimately, what he's after in the attack, here's what he's after. He's after your praise. The reason I say that is because we have a spiritual enemy, the devil. What was it that he wanted in heaven that he ended up not getting? He wanted to sit on God's throne and be worshipped. That's what he wanted. Even when he tempted Jesus, and Jesus did what? He came back at him with the word of God, right? Even then, he, he had all this he offered Jesus. He said, here's all the kingdoms. And I believe it was the kingdoms from time beginning when man fell all the way to the end of time with these big cities we have now and all the skyscrapers. I think in a moment of time, he showed Jesus all the riches of earth from beginning all the way to end and said, you can have all this if you do what? worship me that's where he is in your life he's trying to steal your praise because praise in the mouth of a saint of god and of a child of god is powerful and it can help pull down strongholds and pull down things it says this it says he is enthroned on the praises of the people of god and you come to the point here's the point you come to (laughs) You come to the point where you say, devil, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. You're not going to take away my praise. It doesn't matter what you try to shoot at me. You're not. And here's what I'll promise you. When you come to that level of spiritual warfare to say, it doesn't matter what you're doing, I'm still going to praise my God because he's worthy and he's good. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. God is good all the time. And God is always seeking to do good for you. And he is bringing you through the fight and through the battle. You just got to remember what your armor is it's the righteousness of God in Christ that you're, you're clothed with, it's the gospel of peace. It is the shield of faith. It is the belt of truth of God's word. It's the sword of the spirit, and it is a a person who understands when you begin to pray in the spirit, things move. Amen. Amen. Let's begin to just let's just pray. I just felt that all that was for this 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 morning when I pray with a couple people and I I. I told him, I said, you know what? We're going to go to war for just a few minutes tonight against the enemy. Are you okay with that? If you're not okay with it, I'll close my eyes, and you can go ahead and slide on out the back. But this is a church that when I sense that the enemy really is coming in, and I think there should be a comma in that scripture where it says, when the enemy comes in, comma, Like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. The enemy does come in, but I promise you, God will flood that situation and he will flood that circumstance. When people feel like that they are completely overwhelmed, God, we pray tonight that you lead us to the rock that is higher than I. God, we come together as a church right now and we begin to push back against the enemy and push back against his assignments and push back against the things that he's even firing darts into people's minds. There is a shift. There is a shift, Lord God, that you are doing and you are moving, but God, we have to join with you in that shift. We have to continue to move. So God, for those who are under a withering spiritual attack, God, they feel hopeless. They feel like they're losing their mind. They feel like they're losing their hope. God, they are walking in fear of the enemy. God, tonight I declare in the name of Jesus, we are victorious by the blood of Jesus In the name of Jesus and the cross of Jesus. God, I declare and I celebrate tonight. Tonight, that you have already won the victory. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are already there. We are dressed in the righteousness of God. We are in you and you are in us. So God, we just shake ourselves tonight a little bit. We just shake ourselves awake. God, we stir up the spirit of God that is within us tonight. God, we stir it up. We stir it up. God, we stir it up God, we take up that sword of the spirit that is the word of God that says no weapon formed against Christian Center Church, no weapon formed against the families, no weapon formed against marriages, no weapon formed against the people of God shall prosper, God, because it will be refuted and rebuked. Every assignment, every snare, every everything the enemy is meant for evil, God. We believe you're turning. You're the God of the breakthrough and you're the God of the turning. For those who have struggled physically for weeks and months now, God, I declare a breakthrough. I declare a turning in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, God, let the physical that they're dealing with be a symbol of the spiritual and God, may you speak to their hearts of repentance and turning back to you and being who you called them to be. God, tonight, father, we come against the enemy with the name of Jesus. We come against the enemy. God, tonight where two or three are gathered, there you are. Where two or three are in agreement, God, you said it would move heaven and earth. It would be done by our father in heaven. So God, I declare tonight in Jesus name, in Jesus name, that God, we are dressed in the armor of God. You have called us and sounded the trumpet on Zion. You have called us and sounded that trumpet saying, come to attention, people of God. There is A hell to plunder and a heaven to populate in this area. And God, we say tonight, we are not those who shrink back, but we are those who stand, stand, stand in the Word of God and upon the Word of God. Having done all, we stand here tonight. And God, we humbly ask and we humbly beseech you, God, strengthen the people of God. Give them victory over every snare of the enemy. Give them victory, God, in their life. And above all, show us how to wield the sword of the spirits. Show us how to take up that shield of faith. Show us how to pray continually with all supplication and all prayers in the spirit, God. Continually let the praises of God be in our mouth, Lord God. Continually let the praises of God. God, we just declare tonight that the enemy can't get our praise. The enemy can't get my song. The enemy can't get my my love of you and my, my appreciation for everything you're doing and everything you've done in my life because we don't look at what is seen, but God, we fix our eyes on what is unseen tonight. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, God. And we know that we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, God, loving not our own lives, even unto death. Help us be in you, sold out. Out and completely focused upon your kingdom God God where the enemies come in to try to bring division 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 I see him I see the word division written Written, the enemy cannot win in Jesus name because there is no disunity in you, you are one and we are one God. Marriage is God. Surround our marriages with your grace and mercy. Surround your put a hedge of protection around our marriages and our kids God, we cry out for our kids tonight, Lord God. the enemy's prowling, the enemy's trying to get at them, God. We pray and we ask tonight that you cover them with a blanket of protection. you cover them with knowledge of you God you speak to their hearts you help them god tonight some of you have been struggling so bad that you're thinking about going back to that addiction we break addiction in jesus name that's the enemy that's the enemy's voice that's his enemy that's his voice in your mind some of you have been delivered radically from depression from depression. You just have that heavy weighted blanket come over you and you have seen victory and you have walked in freedom. And God wants you to know tonight, keep walking in freedom. Don't go back, but move forward because forward is his purpose and forward is his plan for you. God, we break depression and all its tentacles in people's lives right now in Jesus name. God, instead of a heavy blanket, God, we just declare the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You need to, when you feel that heaviness come on you, you just need to lift up your voice and praise God even louder. And that thing will begin to break. It'll break. It has to go in Jesus' name. It has to go. It can't stand in the presence of God. And we ask that tonight, God. Bathe us in your presence. <laughs> God, I've got a bold prayer for myself and for the people of this church. God, let us be so full of you. The enemy doesn't even want to mess with us. He doesn't even want to to mess with us. God, that uh, that comes through complete obedience and just bowing ourselves to everything you desire and you want. Let radical obedience to you and your word come into our hearts right now, God not playing games and in and out and lukewarm or sitting on the sidelines because that is not a threat. But God, you have put us in this arena for such a time as this. And I declare the victory of the name of Jesus over this congregation. God, can you take just 30 seconds and celebrate that victory right now? God, we praise you. We celebrate, we celebrate, we celebrate. Listen to me. There is a blanket of heaviness in this place when I walked in, and it's lifting. It's breaking right now. It's breaking. There's a shift in the sound, and you're going to leave here differently than you came in. You're going to leave here differently. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Let me bless you before we dismiss tonight, Father. I bless the people of God. May they be blessed going in and blessed as they go out tonight. May they be blessed at work. May they be blessed in their homes. God, I pray and ask that you would turn your beautiful face towards us and we would find favor and we would find peace and we would find the goodness of God here in the land of the living. Father, I pray that goodness and mercy follow each person out of this place tonight and that we would dwell in your house forever and ever and ever until you bring us back together at the appointed time. Bless the people of God with protection. May you watch over them. May you bring them health, and may you bring them goodness, and may you bring them favor in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. Go in the name of the Lord. It's good to see you in the house tonight. Go and have a blessed rest of your week, and stay warm. Amen.